Keep It Real Parenting is sponsored by the Catch His Vibes community. With all the turmoil and uncertainty in the world today, Catch His Vibes wants to help Christians display their faith so it can maybe open the door for an opportunity to share the love and grace of Jesus Christ to a lost and searching world. The CHV community also wants to change one, one person at a time through financial support of a variety of Christian organizations reaching youth for Christ. Check out the Catch His Vibes Facebook and Instagram pages and watch for the website coming soon. It's under construction, but it won't be long now. Don't just catch his vibes, share them. Hey y'all, welcome to my Keep It Real Parenting Podcast. I'm Melinda Zachary, and I'm so glad you're joining the conversation today. In this episode, we're going to talk about the age-old saying, no excuses. I know I heard it growing up from my parents, my older brothers, all my coaches throughout the years. I have passed it down to my own sons and all the kids I taught and coached for 26 years. In fact, it's probably one of my favorite go-to statements and probably one of the most dreaded things my students or players and children had to hear coming from me. When my kids or students heard me say those two words, no excuses, they knew I meant it and that I wasn't going to cut them any slack or listen to any of their reasons for not doing what they were assigned or expected to do. Did you know that if you allow your kids and yourself to make excuses, that you're actually enabling them to not reach their full potential? Making excuses points the finger at someone else or some external factor to take the blame for our inability to hit the target or make the deadline or complete the task. It teaches a victim mentality that will forever cripple your child as they continue to make more excuses as the years go by. Things will never be their fault and they will become jaded and actually adopt a belief system that is always looking to lay blame on someone or something else and never taking responsibility for their own actions. This will be paralyzing for them and will zap their energy and desire to reach new goals or improve every day to reach their full potential. Their little minds will shift to an I can't mentality instead of a determined I can and will succeed belief system. Those kids and young adults not allowed to make excuses are the same ones that fall down and get right back up. They welcome challenges. They outwork other kids on the team. They study harder and they exude confidence and pride in themselves and their work ethic. To take excuse making one step further, and this is not a stretch, it's the truth. I have witnessed this over and over as a mom, teacher, and coach. If your child or young adult makes excuses all the time, when you ask them, did you get job applications filled out and turned in today? Or, hey, did you order the dog food and laundry detergent online like I asked you to three days ago? Or, why is the kitty litter still not changed? Let's ask ourselves. What our kids are really doing here. I'll call it like I see it. That excuse they are giving you for not doing what you ask them to do can be a well thought out or off the cuff excuse, which is actually not the truth, but a lie they are telling you and themselves. They have come up with something to hopefully get them out of the consequence they deserve and to get them off the hook. A fabrication, a twist on what really happened, an excuse turning into a lie. Let's call it what it is, mom and dad. 
If you don't, then you are the ones making excuses for your kids' disregard or defiance against your rules or expectations. When you walk in from a long day at work to your high school kids' Chick-fil-A trash left out on the counter, the trash can full, and dishes piled up in the sink, any excuse they give you is unacceptable. If they've been home even for a few minutes, they have had time to clean up their mess. Picking up after themselves takes minutes and should be mandatory. It is disrespectful to us as the homeowners and as their parents to leave the lawn unmowed, the bathroom a disaster, and the bedroom a mess. It is a privilege for our children and young adults to have a safe, nice place to live and material things to enjoy. They need to take care of the things they've been given, largely by you, the parent, and respect their home that you provide. No excuses for all of our children of all ages to not help around the house and keep their rooms clean. One of my favorite true stories I read years ago has always stuck with me and reminded me of the importance of no excuses. I can't remember it verbatim, but the general gist of it goes like this. So, Mike Krzyzewski, one of the most successful college basketball coaches in history, who is the current head coach of the Duke Blue Devils and also our U.S. Olympic basketball coach, told his story of no excuses. Coach K learned this valuable lesson as a cadet at West Point Military Academy. He was a freshman, or a plebe as they call them, at West Point, and was constantly scrutinized and punished for any infraction to any of the stringent rules they had as plebes. He and another cadet were walking across the lawn in their starched uniforms with their shiny black patent leather dress shoes on. Walking toward them was a senior cadet. So the young Coach K and fellow cadets straightened up their shoulders, put on their best Army game face, and prepared to stop and salute their senior cadet. Just as they halted to raise their arms in a crisp salute, the other cadet walking beside Coach K stepped in a puddle in the grass and splashed water on Coach K's shiny black patent leather dress shoes. You can imagine what happened next. The senior cadet yelled at Coach K, do you not realize your shoes have water spots all over them, plebe? Coach K, shaking in those messed up shoes, replied, Yes, sir, the senior cadet continued. Why is your army uniform not in regulation and up to the standard of a cadet at the United States Military Academy at West Point? Guess what Coach K's stern reply was? No excuse, sir. Coach K received his demerit and his consequence even though the water on his shoe was not his fault. Did he try and explain or blame his fellow cadet for his shoes being out of regulation? Could he have? You see, at West Point, and at any other U.S. military school, the first thing you learn as a freshman are the three appropriate replies to any upperclassman. You are allowed to say, yes, sir, no, sir, and most importantly, no excuse, sir. Coach K carried that no-excuse-sir way of living far beyond his years at West Point. He always thanks his parents for guiding him to West Point, even though that was the last place he wanted to go. Coach K attributes his success as a coach and in life to his parents, directing him to play basketball at West Point instead of taking an easier road to a regular college program. To quote Coach K, I hear people all the time say, a kid has to make his or her own decisions in life. Not always, 
Sometimes a kid needs to listen to his parents because they're older and smarter than he is. There isn't a day that goes by that I'm not grateful to them or a day when I'm not proud to tell people I'm a graduate of West Point, end quote. Did you hear that, moms and dads? It's our job as parents to teach and guide our children toward a path that will set them up to be independent, responsible adults. Of course, military schools aren't for everyone, but that doesn't mean that we as parents and teachers can't raise our bar of expectations, require manners, and a no-excuse mentality from our kids of all ages, at home and in the classroom or on the playing field. Like we've talked about in past episodes, if we as parents are not requiring our children and young adults to do something they don't want to do every single day, we are not preparing them for the realities of adult life. We all have to do things we don't want to do every single day as adults. Start thinking of tasks and responsibilities you can have your kids do every day too. And remember, when they don't do them, no excuses. Then implement your consequence in addition to having them do what you originally asked of them. Simply making them do what you already asked them to do is not a sufficient consequence. That just reinforces their ability to decide to ignore your timetable for when you want the task done. It's a subliminal way of the child or young adult saying, quote, I don't have to do what you asked me to do if I don't feel like it. If you want me to do it, you'll have to make me. Ugh, that's defiance and a slippery slope towards a lazy, disrespectful young adult with a poor work ethic. I know some of you probably think I'm a bit harsh or too strict about no excuses and consequences, but I'm just trying to share what worked for me, not only with my own sons, but with hundreds of other students and players of both sexes, all races, and all personalities. That's not a coincidence. I would just encourage you to start listening very closely around the house and pay attention to what your children are saying and doing. Are they following your directions the first time or waiting around until you fuss at them? Are they answering you and speaking to you respectfully and with manners? Are they ignoring you as they play their video game or watch their tablet while you are calling for them to get up and help around the house or get ready for bed? Especially listen for their responses when they haven't done something you've asked. Are they making excuses? Are they pointing their finger at a sibling? Or at an object that quote made them do it or not do it. After listening with your best parent radar, maybe pick one area a week that you are going to require some improvement from your children or young adults. Work on one new thing a week and help them to improve by at least 1% every day to build better habits. This is really so important with all of us living at home during COVID-19 and with so many of us having our adult children home from college for a longer period of time than usual, I don't care what age children you have, the no excuses mentality can and will work. Remember moms and dads, just because your young adult children are home from college and are probably technically adults over the age of 18 or 21, it doesn't mean they get to lay around and mooch off you. Age is only a number. As long as they are living under your roof, using a cell phone you pay for, using the internet, water and lights you pay for, watching the TV you bought them, or driving the car you pay for. They do not get to make excuses. They do not get to use, Mom, you can't tell me what to do. I'm an adult. Or, 
I've been living on my own at college, Dad, and I didn't have to check in with you then and ask your permission for anything. If I want to sleep all day and stay up all night playing games, that's what I'll do. If you get any lip or are not getting any help from your adult children, it may be time to suggest they get a place of their own where they can do what they want when they want and leave it a mess if they want. If you have a young adult in your home, you know what I'm talking about. It is completely normal for you to get on each other's nerves. You are trying to still parent them, and they don't want to be parented. God intended for children to grow up and not want to be parented anymore and not live under the watchful eye of their mom and dad. It's perfectly normal, and you should expect the pushback from young adults. They are ready to spread their wings and be out of your nest. However, due to COVID or whatever other circumstance your family might be in, Whomever is living under your roof needs to follow your rules, help out with chores or bills, and not be allowed to loaf around and make excuses. It's not unreasonable for you to expect that in the least. It's okay, Mom and Dad, to set your boundaries and stick to them, whether your child is under or over the legal age. I wanted to give you all an example of one of the ways I was pretty much a stickler about no excuses as a teacher. This was with my deadlines for homework or papers to be turned in. Some teachers would allow kids to turn their assignments in by like midnight. I required them to be turned in during their specific class period, at the beginning of class, not at the end. Why was that important? This is the principle I want you to see. It parallels to a parent counting to three or to 10 after asking their young child to do something. What does counting do? The child can decide when they are going to obey or respond. Typically, they wait until number two and a half, if you're counting to three, or nine and three quarters, if you're counting to ten, before they're going to make a move. The parent has started counting louder and getting frustrated, and the child may be giggling at them or even starting to walk away from the parent like it's some sort of a game. If I allowed my students to turn in their assignments at the end of class, when would some of them do that assignment? during my class, and thus miss out on the new material I was presenting? What if I let them turn it in via email by midnight? Some of them would wait to do it till 11 p.m., turn it in at 11.59, and thus cause me more work early in the morning to get it graded before their class period. No thank you. As parents or teachers or legal guardians, we need to set our bar high, expect excellence, stick to our guidelines, have consequences in place, and take no excuses. I'll give you another example of a lesson in no excuses I learned the hard way in college. Now this was back in the late 1980s, mind you. I lived in a big sorority house and we shared two dinosaur-type desktop computers that you saved your work on floppy disks. Okay, so I know a bunch of you listening have no idea what a floppy disk is. Just Google it. So anyway, I had a major paper due I think it was the term paper for the last semester of my senior year. Had all the requirements of citing resources within the body of the paper and footnotes and all that stuff you never use again. Anyway, I had a 7.30 a.m. class, and that's when the humongous paper was due. I think it was about 3 a.m. when I was wrapping it up with my summary paragraph. I decided to get up to get a drink or something, and when I uncrossed my foot, it hit the power cord and knocked it out of the wall outlet. The computer went off, dead as a doornail. The screen was black. 
I started punching buttons and trying to get it to come back on as if the paper would still be there if I hurried up and got it back on within 10 seconds. When I realized what had happened, I plugged it back in and waited to see what appeared. I came to find out that I had a page and a half of my 14-page research paper saved to my floppy disk. I had not been saving it all along the way like they always tell you to do. I felt like I might pass out. There was no way I had time to redo the paper in time for my 7.30 a.m. class. I only had skeleton notes and had done most of the writing off the top of my head as I went along. I was sick to my stomach. There wasn't any emailing back then, and so I just had to wait until morning to face my professor. After class, I explained what had happened to him, and he shook his head and said, I sure am sorry, Melinda. That's a tough situation you put yourself in. I will accept your paper by 5 p.m. today, but I will start grading it at 50% credit. I left his classroom totally destroyed and walked back to my room with my head hung low. I knew 50% was better than a zero, but I was so scared what this would do to my grade. I had been on the honor roll all three years at college, and so destroying that track record my senior year was devastating. As I walked across campus, I thought about what he had said. That's a tough situation you put yourself in. Why was I up at 3 a.m. finishing the majority of the term paper? Because I chose to procrastinate and wait till the last minute. If I had worked on the paper I had known about for weeks, mind you, I could have had time to redo it if I had kicked the cord out of the wall days or weeks earlier. But my professor was right. I had put myself in a tough spot that I was unable to recover from. It was my fault and no one else's. He did the right thing in giving me a stiff consequence. He could have refused accepting the late term paper altogether and given me a zero. That's what I deserved. I had no grounds to argue or try and go over his head to the dean. It was a real world, real life lesson. I had to learn the hard way. There were no excuses to be made. I had to accept responsibility, take my consequence, and learn from my mistakes. If he had gone easy on me, I may not have learned that lesson at age 21, and he would have been doing me a disservice. Oh, and guess what? I hit save every two sentences now, and always have since that day. Lesson learned. So, it's the same with us as parents. When we make excuses for our kids' behavior or attitudes, and we allow them to continue making excuses for themselves, we are enabling them to accept mediocrity and not achieve their potential. They probably won't appreciate the lesson you're trying to teach and maybe even push back really hard and try and make you feel guilty through a fit of tears or yelling or give you the silent treatment even. But just know that you must stand firm and not react to their behavior. Do not accept their excuses and know that you are called to be their parent and not their friend. Oh, and by the way, I would give an additional consequence for the fit they throw or the door that slammed or not allow them to hide in their room and give you the silent treatment. That is unacceptable as well. Do we get to throw a fit at work or at the cop that pulls us over or at the IRS? No. So don't let your kids young or young adults do it to you. Okay, so let me shift gears to another angle or aspect of making excuses. We all know people who we've worked with, been in study groups with, played on teams with, served on committees with, etc., etc., who love to throw others under the bus instead of taking responsibility for their mess-ups. 
They point the finger toward others instead of taking ownership of their mistake. They make excuses using people or things to deflect the responsibility off of themselves. This honestly is an example of selfishness and concern only for oneself. That is in direct opposition to Jesus' example and teachings as he walked this earth. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. We are to think of others as more important than us and to be honest and apologetic for our mistakes or offenses toward others. It goes on to say in verses 4 through 8, Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Wow, now that's tough to even comment on. I mean, Jesus not only served everyone, but he never demanded his rights or demanded recognition for being the Son of God. Then he willingly, obediently, let his captors curse him, beat him, and nail him to a cross for what? What did he do? He was the only perfect, sinless, blameless person to walk this earth. If anyone had the right to throw a fit, demand his rights, and point a finger at others, it would be Jesus. But he chose to remain silent in front of his accusers, even to death, and the incredibly heinous death on a cross. So when I think about how Jesus considered others, served others, and paid the price for my sin, not for anything he did, who am I to make excuses and point fingers and blame other people or situations for my problems or situations I'm in? So as we work hard and pray hard about teaching and guiding our children into adulthood, let's use Jesus' example of being the ultimate servant and look at others around us with his eyes of grace and love. Let's help our children to have their head on a swivel, looking around for ways they can serve their siblings, their parents and grandparents, their classmates and teachers, even without being asked. Let's help them to see the importance of admitting their mistakes taking ownership of their actions, and making no excuses. This no-excuse attitude will foster and empower them to be strong and resilient in the face of their trials and difficult circumstances. Life can be ugly. Children can witness some pretty awful stuff in today's world. Their peers can be cruel. They have pressures to be perfect on social media. Cancer takes a parent. Dad loses his job and thus their home. We must teach our children that it's not a matter of if tragedy or sorrow happens, but when. How will we react when those trials come our way? Will we blame others or even God? Or will we trust Him and move forward in faith and not use circumstances as an excuse or a crutch and let them paralyze our future? Coach Krzyzewski that I spoke about earlier also said, quote, Almost nothing great happens without adversity, end quote. Coach K has five national NCAA men's basketball title banners hanging on the wall. He will tell you that his no-excuse mentality he learned at West Point is the reason for his resilience and determination when things aren't going his way. 
and the reason he has been able to reach his potential as one of the greatest basketball coaches of all time. It certainly wasn't because of luck. The no excuses mentality is a learned behavior, a chosen way to think and live and react. I want to challenge y'all to really be dialed into your kids this week. Have your antennas up. Or do they even have antennas anymore? (laughs) I just dated myself with that one. Anyway, have your ears and eyes open. Are there areas in which you can help guide your children and young adults toward a more proactive, 1% better everyday mentality? Pick one thing. Sit your young people down and lay out your new guideline or rule regarding the particular behavior or task. Tell them why it's important they change that behavior or start doing that chore or task. Tell them what their consequence will be if the plan is not followed. Most importantly, always tell your little children and your grown-up children too that you love them more than anything in the world and that you are trying to do your very best and follow your beliefs and instincts as a parent to raise them up to be independent, confident, responsible adults who take ownership of their lives and future and refuse to make excuses. Sitting down and having an honest conversation with your middle, high school, and college-age kids can be very powerful. Explaining the direction God has given you as their parent, the goals you have as a parent, admitting your faults and mistakes you have made parenting them, apologizing for not always reacting the way you should, will show your children you realize you are not perfect and that you're also trying to improve every day in your own personal life and in your role as a parent. Tell them that from this day forward, you are going to stop making excuses in your own life and also you are not going to make excuses for them anymore. That you all are going to work together to make the changes that need to happen and stop being stuck or paralyzed by excuses to not do better every day. Remember, making excuses actually will keep us all from reaching our full potential. Well, I guess I better close the conversation for today. I was so hoping to get my oldest son, Jack, on the podcast this week, but he had an unexpected COVID exposure from one of his fellow pilots in flight school in Texas. As a mom, it's been super tough for me to be thousands of miles away from him when he could be sick. I don't care how big and tall and old your kids get. As a parent, you always want to be there with them when they're sick or alone. I also know that God's got this and has Jack in his righteous and strong right hand. Thankfully, Jack knows this too and trusts God completely for what's best for him in his life. Maybe I can get him on next week and we can have a fun conversation about his quarantine time during his COVID experience. I hope everyone has a great week enjoying the heat of summer and the blessings of family and friends. Please feel free to reach out to me via email at melindabzachary at gmail.com and check out my Keep It Real Parenting Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks so much for being with me today and I hope to be back with you again next week. See y'all!